Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including life groups, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Jennifer Roth. Amen, and good morning. Glad you're here with us today. My name is Jennifer. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm glad to be with you this morning. One announcement that was not on the video announcements this morning that we want to make sure you know about is that in the month of August, here in the Worship Center on Wednesday nights at 6.30, we will be showing a viewing of The Chosen, which is a movie depicting the life of Jesus, a series depicting the life of Jesus. Whether you've watched it or not, you'd be welcome to join us. Just a couple heads up. One, this is a PG-13 show, just so you know if you want to bring family. And the second one is you are welcome to bring drinks, but please don't bring food. Um, but would love to have you with us for the viewing of The Chosen through the month of August. In our household, in our family, many of you have heard me say before, we're a farming family. So this is the season, you guys. This is harvest. This is when all the work of the rest of the year comes to fruition and the fruit's coming in. And by fruit, I mean berries. Berries, berries, and more berries. As a matter of fact, my daughter is working on the berry picker and they pick at night. If you care to know why, ask me another time, I'll tell you. Uh, But so we have one in our family who's working the night shift. And what I find during summer for our family during the harvest season is that it narrows our focus. It kind of streamlines what we're involved in and it, it clarifies the purpose and it energizes the work. Like it's go time. So that's sort of us right now. We're in the middle of go time in our household. Here at Salem Alliance, we're in the middle of a different pace. We're doing summer in the Psalms and we've been hearing about the celebration and the praise and the lament and even last week, uh, Rob and Amit and Linda led us through three different Psalms that are just proclaiming uh, God as King. And this week, the Psalms that we're going to be looking at are called the Wisdom Psalms, the Wisdom Psalms. So these are the Psalms that really have a theme and a tone like the Wisdom Writers. So if you think of Job or Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, These are the Psalms whose theme is more about God's law, about his justice and his divine goodness. These are the Psalms that tell us about how God deals with the reality of evil in our world and the difference between the fate of the wicked or the foolish with the righteous or the wise. And so these wisdom Psalms are intended to teach. Their pace is for learning. Uh, the Psalm we're going to look at today is actually an anacrostic where every letter, be, every line begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So the purpose of this is sort of a teaching poetry to help us learn how to act and to live. They're different from other psalms in that you won't find as much lament or even as much praise, but a lot of instruction in these psalms. We're going to find today that following godly wisdom leads to contentment. So we're going to be in Psalm 112. Uh, I would highly encourage you to either pull out a pew Bible or your own Bible or your app because we're going to spend more time in the scripture today than usual and I think you'd be glad if you had it in front of you. So if you want to look up Psalm 112 in your pew Bible, it's on page 508. And I would also encourage you, if English is not your first language, I would encourage you to pull out your app that has the Bible in your own language and pull up Psalm 112 so that you can read it through in the language that you best understand and is your heart language. One other thing I want you to know about Psalm 112 before we dive into it is that it's a companion psalm to Psalm 111. The two tend to go together. 
and why this matters is because Psalm 111 is the psalm of thanksgiving that is the narrative of God's goodness and what he has done in the world. It's a picture of the nature and character of God. While Psalm 112 then moves into more of the invitation and instruction for our lives, it becomes a narrative for the nature and character of the one who follows God. So if we put this in Rob Basham's words of behold, believe, behave, and that the order matters, Psalm 111 is our behold psalm where we see who God is and what his character is like. And Psalm 112 becomes more of the believe and behave psalm. So because of who God is, this is how we're going to behave. And I don't want us to lose sight of the behold as we spend some time today looking a little bit more at the behave. Because the order does matter. We don't just behave out of obligation or we should or condemnation. We do and live and act the way that God calls us to because of who he is. So this is where we're going to get to in Psalm 112 today. Because the wisdom psalms are designed to be learning poetry, written for personal and corporate instruction, they tend to have a tone that's a little more contemplative or even meditative. And so today, rather than me just telling you what I learned when I studied Psalm 112, I want to invite you to engage in the scripture with me through a practice that we call Lectio Divina, or divine reading. Now, if you've never heard about it, don't worry about remembering the fancy name. It's just a practice of learning from scripture by listening with the ears of our heart of slowly and prayerfully listening to the words, noticing what God is speaking to us and engaging in scripture in a way that can transform us. So we're going to do this together today. We're going to read through Psalm 112 twice. And at the end of each reading, there's going to be some prayer prompts on the screen for you to just take some time. And we're actually going to take time and be quiet in here and give you an opportunity to sort of pray and interact with God on this. So in the first reading, as I read, I would encourage you to just be noticing if there is a word or a phrase or a concept, maybe something that is repeated throughout the psalm that begins to sort of jump off the page or catch your attention. So, Father God, we come to your holy word and Holy Spirit, we pray that you would open our minds and our eyes and our hearts to see what you have for us each individually and as a community today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away, their hopes 
thwarted. As you sit with this scripture, you might even say, God, what do you want to say to me about this word or phrase? How does this intersect with my life? We're going to take a few moments of quiet here. Aleluya, alabado sea el Señor. Dichoso el que teme al Señor, el que haya gran deleite en sus mandamientos. Sus hijos dominarán el país. La descendencia de los justos será bendecida. En su casa habrá abundantes riquezas y para siempre permanecerá su justicia. Para los justos, la luz brilla en las tinieblas. Dios es clemente, compasivo y justo. Bien le va al que presta con generosidad y maneja sus negocios con justicia. El justo será siempre recordado. Ciertamente nunca fracasará. No temerá recibir malas noticias. Su corazón está firme, confiado en el Señor. Su corazón estará seguro, no tendrá temor. Y al fin verá derrotados a sus adversarios. Reparte sus bienes entre los pobres. Su justicia permanece para siempre. Su poder será gloriosamente exaltado. El malvado verá esto y se irritará. Rechinando los dientes, se irá desvaneciendo. La ambición de los impíos será destruida. And again, as you continue to interact with this word, you might be uh, asking God, God, how are you inviting me to respond to this word? Maybe move on and to just prayerfully ask God to continue to teach you through this word.
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And when a group of believers in a room like this all open your word, you can speak to us all individually and personally because that is who you are. And so today, Father, I just pray that you would seal the work of your spirit and the work of your word and that you would continue to transform us through your word today. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thank you to Jerry, one of our elders, for reading that Spanish through for us. And just an invitation to you to not let that be the end of what we just did. For some of you, you absolutely loved that. You're like, finally, they actually let there be silence in the sanctuary. They never do that. There's always music playing in the background. And others of you are like, where is the music? This is awkward. Some of you probably had an experience with that scripture and with God that you felt like he spoke something to you and others of you are like, I just don't hear God this way. And it maybe even brought up frustration. So can I just say as a body, thank you for being willing to enter into engaging with God's word in a different way today. And we'll continue now and I'm gonna unpack some of the insights that I've got for you today. And that's also a great way to hear from the Lord. So there's no shame in any of this. We just continue to be people who grow and practice ways of being students of God's word. As I was preparing for the message, I asked several other people to do what I just asked you to do and to share their insights with me about what they were sensing from this wisdom psalm. What jumped out at them? What did it make them think of in terms of who God is and other things that he has taught us? And so as I kind of launch into this sermon today, I need you to not, normally we have a linear progression. Often it's with three points and if you're Brian, they all start with the same letter. That is not the message today. I want you to picture this as a group of friends sitting around a table, kind of popcorn style, sharing the insights that they received from this psalm, kind of just taking it all bit by bit and in pieces here. So a few different insights that came to several of us throughout this time as I was preparing to give this message. First one is on the very first word, how joyful are those? It's the first phrase, how joyful are those? And one of my friends wrote back and said, our joy increases when we live God's way. What a simple but profound truth. Our joy, that thing that many of us long for and desire, that wells up within us, that's deeper than happiness, our joy in life increases when we do things God's way, when we live as God intends us to live. Matter of fact, if you look at different versions of this psalm, sometimes the translators said blessed, sometimes they said joyful, sometimes they said happy. But the probably best translation of the original term is the word content. Content are those who live God's way. This contentment is that deep sense of peace and settledness, a security that comes from God's strength rising up in us, not what's happening in our circumstances around us. Content are those who live God's way. If you keep reading, you come to the phrase that says, Uh, for those who fear the Lord. And this is kind of a pausing place because fearing the Lord is an interesting concept. 1 John 1, 9 tells us there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. And yet the Psalm, the wisdom Psalms tell us to fear the Lord. If we flash back to that companion Psalm, to Psalm 111, here's one of the verse that says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. 
So when we fear the Lord, that is the thing that is the foundation of living a wise life. Other translations say it's the beginning of wisdom. And yet, I'm going to be honest, I have wrestled with this concept for a long time. I've heard the teaching that the fear of the Lord is like reverence or awe or maybe just the weighty awareness of the consequences of sin, but I can't get away from the word fear and what it means in our lives to us today and that we have a connotation for it. And so I've just kind of gone round and round in my head about what is the fear of the Lord and how does it look practically in my life? Because if it is the beginning of wisdom, I want to know what it means. Uh, Brené Brown defines fear in terms of a negative, high alert emotion in response to a perceived threat. And honestly, I resist considering God as a perceived threat. I struggle with thinking of a negative emotion in connotation with a positive and loving relationship. This is something that I've gone back and forth with. But as I was uh, looking into this and and just asking God to open my eyes, I came across this uh, quote on fear. Fear can signal us to act or alternatively to resist the impulse to act, it can help us to make wise, self-protective choices in and out of relationships where we might otherwise sail mindlessly along, ignoring signs of trouble. If I'm out walking in the woods and I come to the top of a cliff, fear is my friend. There is wisdom in the fear that that causes me to step back and to go a different direction. And friends, spiritually, there are times when we're walking through life and we come to the edge of a spiritual cliff. And the fear that rises up is actually a wisdom to step back and it is our friend to go a different direction. And so, yes, not in anxiety and worry and a, a, a fear spiral, but in a sense of an honest acknowledgement of a danger in our life, fear is the beginning of wisdom and leads us on the godly path. It's fascinating to me that in Psalm 112, it says the fear of the Lord Uh, Blessed are those who fear the Lord. And then later in the psalm, it says, they are confident and they are fearless. So if you put that together, you've got those who fear the Lord are fearless. When we fear the Lord, there is nothing else to fear. Another friend In reading this psalm, the highlight that rose up to her was delight in obeying his commandments. They take delight in obedience. Can I just be honest? I don't like being put in a box. Obedience for a long time in my life was sort of the O word. Like, just let's get around it a different way. I'll submit to God. I'll surrender to God. But can we just not use the O word? (laughs) And yet this says uh, they take delight in obeying his commands. And for her, that brought up a recollection and she cross-referenced it to another psalm. To Psalm 37.4, which says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we take delight in obeying God's commands, he gives us the desires of our heart. And I think that part of that is when we take delight in God, our desires begin to reflect more and more of what his desire is for our life. There's sort of this um, if-then relationship here. When we take delight in his commands, then this grows in our life. 
there's also a generational impact to our actions and choices. I'm guessing that some of you saw that as we spent time with the scripture earlier. Multiple times it talks about the generations and our descendants. And that what, what was caught in this for us was the generational impact to our actions and choices gives us influence far beyond anything we could have imagined. When we live with generosity, when we live, when we treat people fairly, when we live with righteousness and follow God's ways for our life, our influence multiplies. Our descendants are blessed, generations are blessed, and it says that we will be remembered forever. There's this legacy of honor for those who walk in the ways that God walks, this generational impact. There's also this image in the middle of the psalm of the light dawning for those who are in darkness. One of my friends mentioned how much she appreciated this um, image because there's a promise, but there's also a reality. For those of us who live in this world, even if we fear the Lord, even if we delight in obeying his commandments, even if we walk in his way of wisdom, there will be times of darkness, of confusion, of grief, of anger or conflict or resentment. There will be these times when it's difficult to see the hand in front of our spiritual face and know which way to go. And the promise is, for those who fear the Lord, a light will dawn. Matter of fact, in Lamentations 3.23, it talks about how God's mercies are new every morning. God has built into the very rhythm of creation this 24-hour rhythm that reminds us the sunrise of the light coming in darkness, of his mercies that are new every morning. So I decided when I, in prepping for this sermon that I was gonna get up for sunrise and watch the light dawn. Did you guys know that sunrise is at like 5.30 in the morning? So I was like, okay, I won't do that. But then, lo and behold, the next morning I woke up, couldn't get back to sleep, so I went out and I watched the sunrise. But something I learned when I got up at 5.30 to watch the sunrise was that it's already light out before the sun crests the horizon, right? Because long before 5.30, the light begins to be a promise on the horizon. As a matter of fact, the morning I got up for the sunrise, uh, remember my daughter is coming home from work about 6 a.m., so we sat down and talked for a minute about why I was out chasing the sunrise, and she says, oh, yeah, mom, you have to be up at 4 a.m., because of course she's on the berry picker at 4 a.m., and she's watched it night after night after night, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Not going to happen. So Abby was kind enough to get me a picture of when the light first comes on the horizon at 4 a.m. When you first get that promise, and then you can show the whole progression here as over the next hour, before the sun even comes up, you see the sky begin to light and you can see more and more in the ground. And we know if we followed the progression that in time there would come the noonday sun where everything is shown and there is nothing hidden. And this is God's promise to us who are living life the way he calls us to live is that the light is coming. And maybe for some of you, you're in the darkness right before the dawn, but I would encourage you to be looking for that, that line of orange on the horizon that says it is coming. The light is coming because when we walk God's way, he is faithful to his promises. Couple more insights here. Uh, another friend, he said, for him, this reads like instructions for a leader or a boss or a manager. This generosity and justice theme that runs throughout the whole psalm. The, the instructions to lend money generously and conduct business fairly. To not fear bad news, but to walk confident in God and to face the foes that you might come across. 
I love this picture. The NIV says it this way. It says, they freely scatter their gifts to the poor. (laughs) This idea that it's not a measured gift. It's not a measured act. It's this free flow of gifts to those who are in need. In my uh, life, I kind of sometimes think of generosity as a funnel. So if God has been generous to me, then whatever he pours into my life, my time, my skills, my family or my relationships, yes, my finances, whatever might be an asset in my life, if I am a funnel, it is open to be poured out to wherever God wants to point it. That when he calls my life for his kingdom purposes, I'm just receiving the generosity from God. And so this this generosity that he's asking about and, and instructing us to in Psalm 112, it's not this prosperity gospel. It's not this cause and effect. If you do this, then I'll do this. It's not a keeping score or a tallying up. It's a heart that's surrendered to God. It's an attitude, a characteristic of generosity that just marks us as people who will pass on whatever it is that God gives to us in the places that he shows us where there is need. And then the final verse kind of turn sideways a little bit and it's this this verse about the wicked (laughs) and they're gnashing their teeth and it's this contrast of the blessing and promises to those who are walking God's ways with the fate of the wicked you guys it's sobering and it's weighty and it's important there's a gravity and a reality to our choices see when I read the Psalms and I read about the wicked I usually just brush past it and go well that's not me I love Jesus, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a pastor. I mean, the wicked, that's not me. And yet, in my life, where there are ways where my thoughts or my actions or my words don't line up with God's wisdom and his way and his law, then I am a part of the wickedness in the world. And I need to take heed that there is a fate of the wicked where they are thwarted. I think sometimes, I know it's true for me, and I wonder if it's also true for you, that we are just going along, living our life, doing what we want, not really thinking about God's ways and his wisdom. And and honestly, I think a lot of times it's subconscious. I don't think I would go and say, I'm right now choosing to do something contrary to what I know God wants me to do. Some of you might be in that position, and this word is also for you. But if we think that we can just live our lives the way we want and escape the consequences that God said would happen. Hear me. God didn't lay out all these laws and ways of wisdom because he's just arbitrary and just wants to kind of be a killjoy and tell us how to live because he just wants to be controlling. No. God created a world and he gave it to us. And he created humanity and he placed us on the world and the creator of the world knows how he works. And so when he laid out his wisdom and he lays out his commands and he lays out its law, it's because this is the way he created the way to the world to work and this is the way that you're going to thrive in the life that he created you to live. And if you don't live the way he called you to live, then you're not going to thrive the way he desires for you to thrive. Friends, we cannot live the way we want ignoring God's wisdom and ignoring his commands and think that we're going to receive his blessing and the life-giving spirit if we're not willing to live the way he called us to live. The wisdom psalms are a call to righteous living. Let me give you just a small example in my own life. A few mornings ago, I woke up with just a terrible nightmare. Just, it was, and it was different than any nightmare I'd had before. And I woke up and my first thought was, where did that 
come from because by nature it was just different. And what instantly came to mind was a new series I've been binging on TV that's on true crime. Oh, you know when in Philippians it says, whatever is excellent or noble or praiseworthy or true or pure, think about these things. Yeah, I kind of had just not really thought about it and I was mindlessly going through my life and I was letting something into my mind and my heart that ended up affecting me subconsciously in the form of a dream, but sometimes it's not just subconscious, is it? Sometimes the effect of us mindlessly doing what we want without really considering what God said in his word is much more obvious than a dream. And it's much more physical and tangible. And I don't mean this as a super threatening message, but I do mean to say that God in his love and grace has given us the commandments for how he would have us live, and it's a call to holy living. Because following godly wisdom leads to our contentment. You guys, we have these desires and these wants and the things that we want to experience in life. And what I'm here to tell you is it's by following God's way that you will have the deepest desires of your heart met. Following this godly wisdom is what leads to peace and stability and security. Not because we're wealthy, not because we're always healthy, not because our children are doing what we want our children to do, not because we're in the not because our circumstances fit what we had hoped our circumstances fit, but because God is God and we are in the center of his good plan for our lives. Godly wisdom is countercultural. It's not the way our world tells us to live. If you want to know wisdom, don't go looking for it out there in popular wisdom. Godly wisdom is also counterintuitive. Sometimes the default ways that you and I would respond to circumstances or relationship, those are not the wise responses. And so we look to God's word and we ask his spirit to give us wisdom separate from ourselves. And sometimes it runs counter to our desires and our demands. And that's when we have to lean on the behold and, be and believe, right? When what we want doesn't seem to be what God is calling us to do, then we lean on what we have seen in his nature and his character and his power and his love. We lean on what we have come to believe about his goodness and his desires for us and his heart for us and his presence in our life. And we make a decision to follow him, even if it's hard, because godly wisdom leads to the contentment that we want and that we long for. We're ready when he shows us his way. Sometimes he shows us his way generally, kind of universally, through his word. We see his values and his morals and the character of a Christ follower, and we know how to live because his word says so. Sometimes we he shows us his way more personally, through direction or conviction, calling us to repentance and to transformation. His pace and his grace are tailored to each of us individually. I don't know if you have experienced this, but in my life, I usually go through this season of, I kind of resist the surrender. Ah, I don't want to, I don't want to know what God wants. No, 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 I'm not listening. I don't want to hear it because I'm afraid it's going to be something that's hard, right? And then when I finally surrender and I'm like, God, it's yours. My life is yours. This particular thing is yours. I release it to you. Do with it as you will. What I have found is that he is very gentle. And it is actually very true that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. And he leads us at a pace that works for us. We don't have to fear God's heart for us. We can be fearless because we are walking in his ways.
So how do we walk in this, take it from here, take this next step and not just have this be a nice message that we heard here and we're done? I was good. Way to go, Jennifer. Okay. First of all, I would encourage you to spend some study or devotional time this week in the Wisdom Psalms, uh, just to kind of get a little bit more of what God is saying. Now, these numbers are not lottery numbers. <laughs> uh, those are the other Wisdom Psalms. If you wanted to know, you could snap a picture of that or write those down if you thought you might want to do this. Uh, maybe you and your life group want to choose another one of these Wisdom Psalms and, and dive into it, interact with it, and have some discussion about what you find in that one. Another thing you might do is pretty simple. It's just a simple prayer. You might want to ask God to open your eyes to see areas where you've been resisting his ways and his wisdom. You guys, this often happens pretty subtly and pretty subconsciously, where we just kind of have this blind resistance. And I would say this, when I have prayed this prayer in my life, God has answered it. So don't pray it if you don't want to know. <laughs> But if you want to know the things that are going on in your inner world, that are the places where you've become stuck, that are perhaps turning your sideways, that are perhaps part of the things that you've been bumping into in other areas but not understood, I would really encourage you to pray this, to ask God to open your eyes to where you've been blind to your own resistance to his ways and his wisdom in your life. See, for me, we come full circle back to the beginning because knowing and following godly wisdom in my life is a little bit like the harvest of the farmers. It narrows your focus. It, it silences the noise and the distractions and the other things going on, and it clarifies your purpose. And in that clarified purpose, it energizes the work and it gives you a reason for what you're going to do, even if it is hard work. It lets us be people who can honestly say, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, whatever that looks like, even as it's done in heaven, because I want to be a person who walks in your wisdom. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful for your word. We're grateful for your instruction and we need your help to follow it. So Holy Spirit... Thank you for being our comforter and our counselor and our convictor. Would you take the word today, those that people have received in their own time with you and those that I have spoken, and would you seal that word for your work in the lives of those who are here and those who are watching on live stream? God, would you be present and would you continue? You promise that when you begin a work in us, you are faithful and you will complete it. And we know we are powerless to complete your work on our own. And so God, as your people, we simply pray that you would help us to be those who walk in your wisdom. And it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.